And that is, I felt like, one of the things that really was almost like medicine, remedy for me. Anytime I was feeling fear. I like that. Just have faith. Faith over fear. The pressure is getting worse. It just gets worse. Even at times, in your disobedience, God's glory will still shine. But also we must be able to surrender our own plans to follow where Christ leads us. He's like, 40 days, you guys are dead. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, Bye. I am not called to be successful. I'm not called to be successful, but to be faithful. So I saw, Michelle, that you recently read a devotional plan called Jonah. Hmm. Since we are in, you know, friends in the app. Hey, Hayden, stay watching your movements. What are you on about? (laughs) Hey, MT. No, but... Did you read that because you knew this was coming? Yes. Raw, look at you preparing. And yet you didn't invite me to the plan. <laughs> Silence <laughs> speaks volumes, bruv. Nah, for real. Did you actually read it because I did. of this? Yeah. But oh, the, my the days, I rate that. I Because I read this ages ago, not ages ago, but I read this a while back. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I want to read like loads of different um, like Jonah readings. So I, I had like... I made a mistake and made one of them visible, but I had about four running at the same time because I just wanted to see people's different perspectives on it. So Mm -hmm. on Jonah, yeah, interesting. You are dedicated to this mission. Yeah, man. It's funny because this week's lesson is entitled "Excuses to Avoid Mission," and you ain't running no excuses this week. Nah. Well, take us through your prayer. Let's go. My prayer is that as we read about these excuses that you may be able to identify any that you think you may have and also pray that God removes these away from you so that you can fulfill his true mission. Amen. Mish, are you afraid of anything? Mm-hmm. Okay, go on, run it. Um, I'm afraid, sometimes I'm afraid of the dark. Like when I'm, like for example, when we finish recording mm-hmm. and I have to walk to my car mm-hmm. and I've parked it's a bit further. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pitch black. I'm just, I'm I'm scared of like weird people in the dark. Just I'm not scared of dark. Yeah. I'm scared of weird, scared but, of weird people. But what if you go outside, there's no one? I don't know. But people are weird. Maybe there's one hiding <laughs> in some bush, you know? I, 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 I need to stop watching those crime stuff. I know. Yeah. I try. Yeah, you need to. Yeah. Because mm. I was just going to say. If you're scared of not the dark, but the people in the dark, if there ain't no people, then are you still scared? They might be there. <laughs> <There's> not- <laughs> if I'm telling you right now there ain't nobody there, mm-hmm. you're still scared. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, like I, so I don't necessarily think I have any fears, but I used to be like really claustrophobic oh. to the point where I would get panic attacks. And it was, I think, roundabout, like when I was going to first year in london i used to get so claustrophobic and obviously uni finishes at what five like 4 30 5 30 so that's like rush hour time like that's peak yeah. rush hour and getting on from king's cross going back to luton bruv, best believe it was like sardine can situation oh, i can imagine so i basically sat at king's cross for two hours until the rush hours would die down. That's how I used to go because I was that claustrophobic. Oh, bless you. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Um, I kind of grew out of my claustrophobia, but it really stopped me from traveling generally. Like I avoided going on long haul, like 
plane, like plane rides, flights, because it was just like that you couldn't escape. Because at least with a train, you got a few minutes and you can jump off if it's exactly. like if it's bad. But train rides, I mean plane rides, was just that's too it. It's much. All over. Once the days, once the doors closed, that's it. That's it. And so what I experienced there was I found that my fear of kind of closed spaces and just this claustrophobia kind of vibe was so debilitating. Mm. And fear generally can really stop you from, I found, just doing what you need to do in life and getting on with the things you need to do in daily activities. But in this scenario where we're talking about excuses to avoid mission, fear could be one of our excuses. And in this case, Jonah, it really stopped him from doing God's work. Mm-hmm. fear was actually something that made him run away. And generally speaking, in life, people sometimes allows like fear to prevent them from living out God's purpose for their lives. Now, again, taking Jonah as an example, obviously my guy ran away. Mm-hmm. As soon as God said to him, yo, you need to go to Nineveh, chat to these people for me. He was like, nah, I ain't having that. And he ran and obviously ended up in um, a fish's belly. But did you know, I didn't know too much about Nineveh, the place Nineveh, was basically the capital city of the Assyrian realm. Now, the Assyrians were like, no joke, you don't mess with these brothers. Nineveh was basically like the center of crime and wickedness. And these men were some serious, like serious gangsters. Mm -hmm. The guy who was ruling at the time, he was called Sennacherib or... That, that even sounds wicked. That, like. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Correct me if I said it wrong. But Sennacherib, yeah, ruled at the time that basically Jonah was being told to go to Nineveh. Now, Sennacherib, right, even boasted that he filled the streets with the corpses of the people who lived there. And um, that was young and old people. And it's kind of like saying, Michelle... I want you to go to Gaza or Palestine. Your face straight away is like, huh? Um, huh? Excuse me? You ain't sending me there. Mm. So I think, you know, based on fear alone, Jonah was like, no, I'm going to get, I'm going to skedaddle. I'm going to get out of here. In spite of all this, right? I feel like every time I hear about Jonah or think of Jonah, my eyes just immediately roll back like, oh, Jonah. Because you just think my guy ran away and just, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. to one degree, I thought he was a bit of a chicken, like, you know, not even really trying to live up to, obviously we, we've been reading about Abraham and how, you know, we rate Abraham and, and even like when we read about the Ephesians and Paul writing it, we like rated Paul, but Jonah, I just feel like there wasn't a bit of a backbone at the start, but in saying this. We often read Jonah's story, well, I definitely do, with a bit of disapproval and kind of, like I said, a bit of side-eye. A lot of (laughs) side-eye. Because I'm like, honey, what are you doing? There you go. And yet, these times, we don't realise, we fail to realise that sometimes we end up doing the same thing. We are all little Jonas. Yeah, we are. And just before we recorded, a couple hours ago, I read Hebrews 11 And literally, I loved it. And I found it so encouraging. Do you know what I mean by Hebrews 11? The the Hall of... Hall of Faith. Faith. Hall of Faith. And I just wanted to read um, a section of that. So in Hebrews 11, 
And I'm going to pull out verse 23, since we're talking about like fear. Mm -hmm. It says, and the mother and father of Moses hid him for three months after he was born. They did this because they had faith. They saw that Moses was a beautiful baby and they were not afraid to disobey the king's order. So one of the things that I picked out when I was reading Hebrews 11, and I really recommend and encourage everyone listening to this right now to read Hebrews 11, it just kept saying he had faith. Mm -hmm. They had faith, had faith. And that is, I felt like one of the things that really was almost like medicine, remedy for me anytime I was feeling fear. I like that. Just have faith. Faith over fear. Amen. Love it. Okay, so Monday's lesson is um, the excuse is false views. Now, before I go into it, I just, I, I always like to give like a quick background of what we're reading. So we're still in Jonah 1 verse 1 to 12. Now, if you don't know the story of Jonah, as Ira's already said, God told Jonah, go to Nineveh, tell them, you know, you guys need to turn from your ways. I feel like I spoke really fast. I'm really sorry, guys. Uh, So now he goes down to Joppa. Instead of going to Nineveh, he gets on a ship to go to Tarshish, right? So he's now on this ship and he actually tells us that he goes down and he kind of falls asleep because he's trying to run away from God and I'm like Jonah you're a prophet you know God is omnipresent you can't run away from him but you know what okay do do what you have to do whilst God is working on you cool so he's on the ship now and then it says there was a, a huge raging storm right mm-hmm. so now all the sailors are on there they're trying to like they're praying to their gods they're trying to like you know fix it up like I don't know what they're doing because I've never I don't, I don't know I don't know but You've they're basically been, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, like, the captain goes down and is like, and finds Jonah sleeping. He's like, "Yo, what are you doing? Wake up, pray to your God. Yeah. Can't you see? Like, we're we're in the, we're in How big trouble sleeping? right now. Don't How be you? sleeping on the job. Do you know what I mean? So then, um, and then they end up casting lots, and then the lot the lot falls on Jonah. That you know, it's his fault. So they're like, "Yo, like." They, they knew he was running away from his Lord, but then they're like, who are you? What country are you from? Who are your people? Like now they're interested to know about him. And essentially Jonah's like, you know what, guys, you need to throw me, you need to just <laughs> throw me overboard. And the men are like, no, we're not doing that. I, I'm not going to jail for nobody, basically. And they tried to, it actually says they tried to go back to shore, like, to, you know, to, what's it called? To steer the ship to shore? Yeah, sail. I don't sail? know. Yeah. yeah, sail probably. And it it just gets, it it the pressure is getting worse it just gets worse so then they're like oh do you know what lord we're really sorry but you know yeah we're gonna throw this man please don't put his blood is not on our hands it's on your hands actually whatever so it says immediately after they threw jonah overboard the storm ceased Mm. and the sailors on there were were in fear of god so much that they made a vow to the lord and um, they gave him a sacrifice. So the reason why I wanted to tell that story is because when I was reading it, something stood out to me that even at times in your disobedience, God's glory will still shine. Amen. I was like, had it had it been, I'm not, I'm not bigging what Jonah did, but had it not been that he did that, God wouldn't have been able to use him to show himself to the sailors i thought that was amazing so that was number one love that but the real thing that we're coming here to talk about is actually the false views and there's actually two false views that i want to talk about and the first one is um 
putting ourselves in the Lord's shoes, okay? And we've said it before that our mission is never to convert people. Now, Jonah's mission was to go to Nineveh and just preach the word, right? And we're going to go through it later on. I think I talk about it on Thursday. Yeah, I, I'll quickly talk about it on Thursday because I know we, a lot of times when we have this story, we are told that it might have been fear that led Jonah away from Nineveh. But in chapter four, he actually tells us <laughs> the real reason. But I'm not going to break it. You have to stay alone to actually listen. So number one is putting ourselves in the Lord's shoes. Um, I always say mission is not about you. When I was listening to 3ABN, they actually said, you don't. look I at know. you. Yeah. They actually what said, because I, I can't believe this is the person I'm becoming. But anyway, we thank God. Regardless. Amen, yeah. Um, and the pastor was preaching that said, you don't have a ministry, you are a ministry. And I think a lot of times we want to take this work and as our own. So we're like, hey, this year we need to baptize like 10 people because we think it's it's our job to do that. Whereas actually, as we've been learning, mission is all about God, right? So that's number one. Um, and this actually goes to, I wanted to talk about something that we experienced, Ira, when Ooh. we actually first started. So when we first started this podcast, our very first episode, we were so nervous. We didn't really practice. We're yeah, kind of just we were very nervous. Yeah. We were very nervous. We were like, oh my gosh, like, are people going to listen to us? Are we going to say the right things? Um, how do we know that? Like, We were underprepared as well. We just thought we could just go in and press record. That's yeah. why we now have our sound engineer, because we realize we could we, not. We can't deal with that. <laughs> Um, but if you remember, after we did that recording and obviously we set it out, we had such great feedback that the second episode that we recorded actually tanked because we actually lost sight of the reason why we were doing this. It became our ministry. It was all like, oh, we have to keep up and make sure we've got the same engagement or people think it's it's fun, etc. And that's what stood out to me when I read this. I actually remember, I don't know if you remember, Ira, that we actually had to stop and re-record the very the second episode that we did did and we yeah, oh yeah we did we yeah because our sound that. engineer was like I don't know what's going on guys you're like it's I don't know what you're trying to do it's we we just lost sight of what we were doing we lost our mojo we lost our mojo we lost the reason the mm. mission um, and I think sometimes we do that as well when we make mission we put KPIs on God's mission mm. basically like this is the measure this is how I know it's successful but that's not what God has called us to do all he has called you to do is preach his word so that's number one number two is we think that it's a certain certain people are worthy of this mission okay so if we don't realize that God wants everyone to be saved and I've actually seen this sometimes when I walk in the streets, whether I'm in Birmingham and, you know, people who like preach or like have got little pamphlets. Oh, yeah. I, like if it's a black person doing it, I've noticed that they if I'm walking and I'm mm. walking in front of like someone who's not black, they won't talk to that that person, but they'll see me and then they'll come <laughs> talk to me. Yeah. It's like, why? Why are we doing that? Why do we pick and choose? Once again, mission is not about you know, who you want to be saved because God wants everyone to be saved. And we see this um, from with the fact that even though Nineveh was Israel's greatest, uh, one of greatest um, enemies, but God still sends Jonah over there to, to basically tell them that, guys, you guys need to fix up or else. Right. So let me tell you this. 
Parents enjoy inconveniencing their kids. <laughs> you think they enjoy? Is that the, a fact? Or? That's, uh, that's just a sentence. Uh, just a just a very political sentence to put out there. No, but for real. Okay, here's an example. I'll be sitting with my mum. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a room, silence. We're both on our phones. We're just you know sometimes you enjoy each other's company, but just presence. Mm. As soon as I leave that room. Suddenly, she got something to say. That's like, you could have said that when I was in the room. Now I've got to walk back. Mm. You know, like when you're up the stairs already and she's like, oh, yeah, girl, <laughs> I was just with you. But I'll tell you what, my brother is the worst at expressing how much you have inconvenienced him. I think it's it's a last born thing. I, I, I feel like it's a man thing as well. Or is it a last born? You obviously. I think it's a last. They don't care. They They're don't like, care, though. Mm. Isn't it? It's a different generation. Yeah. I don't know. Um. But, like, my mum will literally, like, say, oh, I need someone to do this for me or I need someone to go to the shop. And he'll just be like, I'm comfortable. <laughs> Can't you see I'm in bed? Or I worked all day. And I just I just think parents do enjoy, like, say I'm like, and I find that they, they say things to me like, oh, I need a favour. At the times where I'm, like, fully enjoying myself, you know? When I'm really, I'm, I don't know, out socialising, I'm enjoying a meal, and suddenly they got something to say. Now, I've got to admit, any time I feel inconvenienced personally, there's a slight bit of irritation. A lot of irritation. A lot of irritation. Depending on my mood, especially mm-hmm. if it's, you know right about that time, mm. I may respond quite passionately or aggressively or out of character. Like a proper KMT moment. Yeah, like a proper KMT moment, exactly. Mm. Now, I feel like generally though, humans fall into the trap of responding pretty aggressively or, or recklessly or quite passionately if they have been inconvenienced. You know, mm. when you end up in traffic and you're like, ah, or oh, yeah. road rage or... I don't know, something. Yeah, no one's like, ah, oh, yeah. inconvenience. Yeah, it's like yeah. you've cut me, you cut in front of the line. Mm. You, we're switching. Mm. There is never a point where inconvenience equals peace. Satisfaction. Or satisfaction. Mm. It's just never, it never brings about positive responses from us. Now, obviously Tuesday is entitled, another excuse, right? Excuse to avoid mission. Tuesday is entitled inconvenience. And we... If we think about how Jonah responded to God, being instructed, yo, go to Nineveh. Obviously, we talked about fear and that kind of getting in the way of just general life, right? But we also talked about false views just now as well. And now we're kind of thinking about inconvenience. So some of some of those immediate responses from Jonah just doesn't feel very positive. Yeah. As soon as you get instructed by God, I would hate to think that any of us would say, yo, Lord, that's inconvenient for me. Mm. Or, Lord, I'm going to stop you right there. These are my views. False views, by the way. Or even just saying, yeah, listen, I'm too scared. Mm. Ask somebody else. That's not what we have been called here, put here on this earth. I think one of my favorite scriptures, which unfortunately I cannot remember where it's from, but it says basically that, you know, we have have been created with peace of sound mind. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were going to quote something else. I was getting ready to tell you. Oh, oh, what else were you going to say? Um, it was about we have not been given a spirit of fear. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah, I we think have... it's Second Timothy. One. Yes, you are correct because I was listening to Second Timothy. That's why it's yeah. come in my head. Um, and 
I feel like when we think about this story that we're reading with Jonah, we have to be ready, but also we must be able to surrender our own plans mm. to follow where Christ leads us. Wow. And, you know, Jonah preached what God told him to do in the end. He eventually got there. Of course, it wasn't a peaceful, you know, journey. He he was kind of all over the place. But the result, the results were astonishing. The Ninevites were moved to repentance. Can you believe that? That's crazy. It's, it's, it's actually wild because he wasn't very willing at the start. Like we said, he had all these different excuses. And then on top of that, he kind of said, Lord, I know when I say this story, they're gonna be they're gonna be wanting to change anyway. So it's just gonna look like I was gassing in the first place. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, basically, like, if you're going to say you're going to do something, I'd like for it to just come through, isn't it? Mm. I feel like he didn't really have the heart of, like, wanting to see these people saved. He 100%. was he was more focused on himself and the voice that he was, the message he was putting out there. Mm. He's like, this, uh, it, it, yeah, it's not really part of my branding here. You know, mm. my brand is usually, if something's, if I say something's going to happen, it's it about to happen. happen. Yeah. But you lot are now repenting, so it's not going to happen, is mm. it? Um and I feel like, generally speaking, God's mission was carried forward on the shoulders of someone who really was reluctant to sacrifice and was quite reluctant to be willing and obedient. But like you said earlier on in um, just the previous point, that God's glory is still going to abound mm -hmm. despite our failures and despite our lack of doing if you will yeah um and i like how because kind of wednesday's topic goes into what you were just talking about and this excuse is uncomfortable confrontation so <laughs> as i was just said um so jonah's going to live now after being in the fish for like three days i can't even imagine how that smelled like did the no. fish eat anything whilst jonah was in there i think well based on the cartoons i watched as a kid <laughs> yes the fish did yeah i could say that <laughs> okay cool but anyway so jonah's gone to this city and do you know what i actually find really funny jonah was very petty because in jonah chapter four um verse four basically remember jonah's supposed to go and, and speak to the ninevites basically his message is like 40 days and Nineveh is going to be destroyed like, he's not even trying to be like, turn away, you know, pray to yeah, God. For yeah, yeah. He's like, 40 days, you guys are dead. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. Um, bye. And then he goes to like, um, he kind of goes to like a, a certain point and then he just sits there, right? He's watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when God actually goes and says, you know what? These people have turned away from their evil ways. Because from the king all the way down to the animals, the king is like, guys, we're going to fast. We're going to pray. Maybe God will, you know, will relent. He'll forgive us. But they weren't even sure if it was going to happen. They say maybe it's going to happen. But anyway, going on to uncomfortable confrontations. So Jonah, actually, before I go into this, Ira, I've got a question for you. Can you think of the most evil person who's lived who do you consider to be the most evil person hitler i guess off the top of my head yeah that's what we always say yeah right okay i want you to remember that name because it's gonna come up later on Ooh. Right? so like i said in jonah 4 
Jonah is angry because these people are supposed to be destroyed. And now God is like, okay, I'm going to forgive them. And Jonah is like, I knew you were going to do this. Remember I said we were going yeah. to find out why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He's like, I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were a compassionate mm. God that mm. you were going to forgive these people and you're not going to destroy them. And that's the reason why I ran away to Nineveh. Imagine. I mean, to Tarshish, yeah. sorry. So now we actually realize his his true motives of not wanting to go. Like he was so... He hated these people so much. Yeah. And it's understandable because sometimes when people have done evil to us, we don't want good things to happen to mm. us. It's actually a natural human emotion at times. It's not a godly one, but it's a natural human emotion. Now, I asked you who is the most evil person you know. And, you know, you said Hitler because I feel the same way. Mm. And sometimes I'm like... I don't want to do bad because I don't want to end up in the same place as Hitler. Like, he oh, killed thousands of people. Yeah. And then I was like, but Michelle, who told you he's going to go? He's not going to go to heaven. Who told you that, like, God didn't show mercy on him or grace? Mm. So we don't actually know, don't know. what his conviction was. But it's just that uh, the, our justice system, the way we think things should be, it's not the same as, like, way the, way, the way God thinks. Like, his ways are not our ways. Mm. So that's number one. And number two... God is just the same God who's shown Jonah mercy whilst he was in the fish is now showing the Ninevites mercy as well. And I love that God is so patient with Jonah because instead of like just cussing him out, God is like, okay, like you sit there. God actually, it says God makes a plant grow up, grow out because it was really hot. And it provides shade for Jonah, right? So Jonah is on there and he's enjoying the shade. You know, he's had a terrible, yeah. it's been a terrible drive. It's been so in now, the belly, isn't it? It's been it's in the nice. belly. It's just, yeah. uh, but now he's enjoying the shade, whatever. And then I love this section nightfall, of the story, by the way. <laughs> nightfall comes and then God causes a worm to come up and kind of eat, eat the plant. And then the next morning when Jonah says, it's like, oh God, how can you do this? I, I just want to die. Basically, Jonah was so good at saying, I just want to die. Any inconvenience, just kill like, me yeah. now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so when the plant ha- happens, it's like, why did you kill this plant? Like, what did the plant do to you? And then God says to Jonah, but God, Jonah, you didn't even cultivate this plant. You actually didn't even do anything for this plant to grow. And yet you are upset that I have destroyed it. What more these 120,000 people in Nineveh who don't even know they're right from wrong that you want me to destroy. And he's trying to show Jonah why he's being merciful to him. He's almost trying to, to help him understand why God does what he does. And unfortunately, the story kind of ends there. It's like verse 11 and then it's like, bloop, done. So we actually don't know. Or maybe I just haven't read the Bible. Maybe it's somewhere else in the Bible. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll, whilst we're studying, we'll realize. But we, we're not told anything after. Jonah only is four, four chapters. But the one thing that I wanted to take out of this is that um, even with uncomfortable confrontations, even when people do evil to us or if we feel people do evil to us, we should never um, keep God away from them. Because salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for the person who you think hates you. Salvation is for the person who does wrong to you. Um, the same way salvation is for people who do right by you. Because at the end of the day, all, not some, all of us mm-hmm. have fallen short or have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm, thank you very much. I am enjoying for once. Oh, I don't want to say for once because obviously... Jonah's a rinsed out story, isn't it? Like children's story, you're yeah. going to hear it a couple times in a year. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because mm. it's very, I feel like, visual. Yeah. 
Like when we're talking, I find it so funny when we're talking about, you know, Jonah cooling under the tree. Because for me, I can like totally visualize that. And I visualize a little worm just squirming up, you know, eating, yeah. it, up. eating it up. Like for me, it's very visual. Mm. So I can see that. But generally speaking, when you say Jonah, like I said, I roll. But this time around, I actually am like, you know what? I I empathize, Jonah. You understand I it, understand. isn't it? I'm like, okay, I, I get, get it. it. Because, I get yeah, it. Yeah, because I... Okay, first and foremost, Nineveh. I didn't know how bad the situation was. Mm. I didn't know it was peak, peak. I didn't know it was like gangster's paradise, yeah. as Coolio said, or whatever. Um, I Gangster's paradise and you are the target. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, and it's, it's like... When you say Nineveh, generally speaking, okay, maybe I'm basing it on my children's story knowledge. Can we just say Nineveh? You just think, oh, just go over there. You know, Mm -hmm. Michelle, go on holiday. Michelle, go to Edinburgh. I don't know. You just think, I don't see the big issue in that. Mm -hmm. But you had to really know the context. So I praise God for bringing me to this understanding just now. Amen. And what I'm hearing is Jonah's story is just, is amazing. And the fact that God could even save the Ninevites... These very evil, wicked people. It was a center of wickedness mm. in, in some of the kind of research that I had done. They were saying it's mad, mad place. Now, for them to have been converted and, and repenting, that is truly amazing. And especially because it was achieved through a poor witness, which a is Jonah. A very poor witness. Yeah. A very poor he ambassador. Just, yeah. He didn't even tell them, like, okay, guys, this is what you need to do. You need to pray. He was literally like, guys, 40 yeah. days, you're dead. Exactly. Bye. If you're thinking of, um, like, an employee and the employee is doing bare minimum, you just don't expect good results, mm-hmm. innit? Mm-hmm. And yet, this was achieved through Jonah. And for me, this is just, like, a crazy reminder that our role isn't just... You know what I mean? Like doing what we want in life. But if we had to reduce it down to one thing, it is that we need to be conduits for God's message. Mm -hmm. As we were talking about, you know, throughout various different episodes, our mission is to spread the gospel, is the Great Commission, to take part in the Great Commission, to, to share the good news. Ultimately, that is what it is. It's just to be a channel, a passageway for God's message to get to his people. Mm. And we should also not focus on having the ability to convict and convert hearts. Yep. It's God and God alone, bro. Mm -hmm. No KPIs here. (laughs) No, none. (laughs) And it's also just a reminder that God seeks only willing and humble messengers who will follow his direction. And if you're not willing or if you're not really humble or whatever, you just make the you make the trip more difficult. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go into the fish's belly. Yeah. Honestly. Just do the thing that God is telling you to do. <laughs> and this is a reminder for myself as well. Cause I'm not gonna lie, in the last few weeks, I have been experiencing fear. You know, that has been an excuse. And I have experienced fear literally hinder me from being a productive individual. Mm. Inconvenience has hindered me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We we go through these things like we can relate. That's why I'm like, Jonah, all right, brother, I hear you now. I get it. I get it. I have a little bit more empathy because I've been there too. And I, before we close, I think sometimes 
whenever I feel seriously impressed by God to do something or if he directs me somewhere, one thing that I definitely feel like I get overwhelmed by is asking, you know, Lord, how? Why? Like me? Mm -hmm. You know, them kind of questions that kind of creep into your head or just like saying, nah, I can't like, no, not right now. I'm too busy or I'm not able to. Maybe when I, maybe when I have this qualification or that. Like I'm just a girl. Yeah, literally. So something I came across this week, I found it to be intensely powerful. And it is this one sentence. I am not called to be successful. I'm not called to be successful, but to be faithful. Ooh. Ah. Love that. I know, right? Look at the smile on your face. You're proud of that. Yeah, and I can see the face. Ooh, your Mm. face literally was like, ooh. I'm going to start saying that to my friends and pretending that was me. Yeah, and um, before we end, obviously, we hit it with the virtuous challenge, but I did not make this challenge up. Instead, I am taking it from the study direct, and I recommend you guys read the whole study, of course, but... This week's challenge, I actually found it to be amazing. So here we go. On a blank sheet of paper or in a digital notebook, make a list of 10 people you know are not believers. And let's call them your disciples. List them by name, if possible, and keep this list close to you for the week, right? Pray, oh, in fact, in the study, it says for the rest of the quarter. So keep this list with you for the rest of the quarter. I'm going to make my list, Michelle. I'm going to make mine yep. too. Yeah. Um, and we've got to pray daily for each of our 10 disciples, these 10 names. Pray that God will help us to become casual friends with these who are currently acquaintances. Or maybe we can write people's names that are friends who maybe aren't Christians yet. Mm-hmm. We say yet, a big yet yet in capitals and as you deepen your relationships carefully watch and listen so you can identify their specific needs hurts and pain i love that then pray that god will meet them in that area of need oh i love it that's our challenge 